everyone, my name is Zachary Rodier and welcome to episode 57 of 614 Check here on the Scarlet and Gray Sports Radio Podcast Network. And we hope you are having a great week and this is going to be a great show as it is Women's Frozen Four time in college hockey. Uh, the Ohio State Buckeyes are there and actually three total WCHA teams and the Minnesota Golden Gophers, the Wisconsin Badgers, the Ohio State Buckeyes, and then Northeastern, so the first three WCHA teams. We're going to talk about everything you need to know when it comes to the Frozen Four in general, but also for the Ohio State Buckeyes. We'll also take a look back at everything from the past week of the tournament. We will also touch on the Ohio State men's hockey team and the Big Ten tournament and looking forward for them in the future. And we'll also get to the Blue Jackets week as well, so an action-packed episode as we get ready for the Frozen Four, always the best time of the year when it comes to playoff hockey. So, without further ado, let's get right into this week's focus, talking about the women's hockey Frozen Four. Enjoy. All right, now let's get into this week's focus, talking about the NCAA Women's Ice Hockey College Tournament. Uh, and the Frozen Four that is going to be taking place this Friday and Sunday. We also, of course, have the Patty Kazmaier Award Ceremony on Saturday as well. So it's going to be a great weekend for women's college hockey. So let's start talking a little bit about what happened the week before. It was a crazy first round. Um, and let's first talk on the... Second part of the bracket, so this is not on Ohio State side. This is on the other side of the bracket where you've had the Colgate and Minnesota regionals. Uh, so let's talk about the first round. LIU taking on Wisconsin. That was the final score for Wisconsin, nine to one. You know, of course, the Newha they got an automatic bid. LIU coming in, uh, and they were actually around twenty second in the RPI, which is. Uh, how college uh, hockey makes their brackets, but because they had the automatic bid, they were the 11th team in, which took a team like Vermont to uh, really deserve to be in the tournament, put them on the team looking out. Um, and, um, you know, FIU, they made the tournament, and unfortunately for them, weren't able to pull off the upset against Wisconsin, but Wisconsin played a great strong game and winning this one 9-1. to Moving on to play Colgate in the second round. On the other side, um, in this still side of the bracket, Minnesota Duluth taking care of Clarkson 2-0. This was actually a tight game, um, but it ended up being Duluth who used their physicality and everything like that to get them on to the second round. Now let's talk about the first round on the Buckeye side of the bracket. There was only one first round uh, matchup. And that was at Ohio State at the OSU Regional between Quinnipiac and Penn State. Um, I was on the broadcast for this one. Triple overtime, 3-2 to two, Quinnipiac uh, win. Uh, one of their players uh, was able to get the goal, Chandler. Uh, it was a pretty great goal to end the game. But let me tell you, I've called a lot of hockey games for Scarlet and Gray Sports Radio, Big Ten Plus. Uh, for Big Ten Plus and SGSR, I've also done baseball and football and all around there. This was had to be the longest game I've called, longer than baseball games I've done. 
triple overtime and playoffs, each period being 20 minutes, and of course, third overtime just going into 10 minutes before the golden goal was scored. But this was a nuts game. I mean, they were so close all the way around. Penn State, they're a really impressive team, and I'm really excited to see how they continue to progress um, through the um, you know, women's college hockey sphere. I really hope that Ohio State and Penn State can play each other maybe on a regular basis throughout the years. You know, it's a Big Ten matchup. The rivalry's there. I know they're not in conference, but those are two teams that would always be fun, and it would fill up seats wherever they are in Pagula, in or at Ohio State. I know they played in D.C. against each other a few years ago, but if they could play at their actual home ranks, that would be really cool to see. I hope that Ohio State and Penn State could do something like that in the future because they ultimately did not play in the quarterfinals. But let me tell you, Kiara Zanin and a lot of their players, um, you know, of course you had Josie Bothan, who was a fantastic goalie for Penn State in this game. But Logan Andrews, the goaltender for Quinnipiac, they had Corey Schroeder last year that got the Buckeyes to double overtime in the quarterfinals. He played fantastically in both the first round and the quarterfinal games. Um, she was on point in both games. You know, hitting out shot in both of them, I believe. It was a very tight game for both ways, but she was able to keep Quinnipiac in it throughout. And Quinnipiac, they put up a good fight against Ohio State, but especially in that first round um, against Penn State, they did a great job just keeping everything really tight and... <laughs> You know, in the first and second overtime, you had a feeling just like no one was going to score um, just because they seemed so tight together. You could start to see that there were nerves. Everyone was a little bit nervous, so they weren't making any plays that were going to get on-man rushes going one way or the other, which ultimately, once they got a little fatigued in the third overtime, that's what happened. An on-man rush ended the game, but that wasn't happening in the first and second overtimes, and... It was honestly really great to see how many Penn State and Quinnipiac fans came down to Columbus for the first round. Also, Ohio State women's ice hockey fans, they were there as well. Just must have taken a great uh, first round game because that's what it was. It was a fantastic game. It went, I think I left the rink at 11 o'clock at night and the game started at 6. So it was definitely a long one, but it was a game that I will always remember. It was a really fun one and ultimately Quinnipiac won in triple overtime and they went on to play Ohio State. So let's stay on this side of the bracket for the quarterfinals. Ohio State defeated Quinnipiac 5-2 to um, and this was a game where Quinnipiac, you thought that they were actually going um, to come out the weaker team um, because, you know, again, they played three overtimes uh, against Penn State just um, two days prior. But ultimately, it was Quinnipiac who came off with the very, very fresh start and were very quick at the beginning. And they struck first uh, on its second of two power plays in the final five minutes of the first period. And ultimately, it was Quinnipiac who had the 12-10 shot advantage in the first frame. But ultimately, you know, after that, second and third period, Ohio State really took control, ultimately outshooting Quinnipiac 44-23. to um, So just definitely taking control of that game. If you 
just see how the shot margin was. Again, Quinnipiac had 12 shots in the first period, meaning the total of 23. Um, they only had 11 shots in the remaining second and third periods. Well, Ohio State had 10 shots in the first and a total of 44. Uh, so 34 shots to around 11 in the second and third periods. That's just Buckeye hockey right there, playing to their style, out shooting the opponent by a huge margin. And Ohio State played so well in the second part uh, and the second and third period of this game and really showing and getting back to the type of hockey that they want to play. And obviously, they said that they want to play a full 60 minutes of hockey because the first period, they say, wasn't their best. But that game against Quinnipiac, it's a big confidence booster for this Ohio State women's ice hockey team because at this point, of course, it was they didn't play the full game that they wanted against Duluth in uh, the final faceoff. They didn't play their game against the Golden Gophers the way they wanted to. Their Buckeye hockey, a relentlessness for check and everything that they go around. And they didn't do that in the first period of Quinnipiac, but being able to do that in the second and third is really crucial to this Buckeyes team. And now they can look like, okay, this is how we played in the second and third against Quinnipiac. We outshot the opponent by a huge margin. We had all the offensive zone time. We capitalized on the power plays. And this is what we need to do in Duluth to go to the frozen four. The Buckeyes were two for three on the power play. In the final faceoff in Minneapolis, they didn't get any power play goals. Um, of course, Jenna Buglioni was back in the lineup for the Buckeyes in this series uh, or against Quinnipiac. So that is huge for the Buckeyes as well to have one of their players back into the lineup. But ultimately, the Buckeyes played a great game against Quinnipiac in the second and third, and they showed why they are the number one team in the country and why they're the number one seed. I wholeheartedly believe that if the Buckeyes can play exactly like they did against Quinnipiac in the second and third, they are going to be a very, very, very difficult team to beat. And if they play that exact way, you know, it's their game in the national championship in the semifinals and in the national championship game if they get there. It's their game to lose at that point if they're playing exactly the way they want to. Uh, it's going to be very difficult for any team to stop them and, you know, make Ohio State not be able to go back-to-back. -back. So I think this is a Buckeyes team that's really strong. They're even stronger this year. They have a lot of amazing players. Sophie Jakes, top three Patty Kazmaier finalist, um, and that's going to be an awarded on Saturday. And you have so many other great players for this Buckeye team. Really deep. I think the third line has been really key for them in the past, um, which it's changed here and there, but you have Brooke Bank and Kenzie Hosworth who are always there, and Sophie Lundin usually plugging in uh, on one of the wings in, in that third line. I think when you look at the Frozen Four, last year Kenzie Hosworth was huge, but especially when you play against teams like Northeastern, Wisconsin, Minnesota, which again we're going to get to in a second, the third lines are what are really key in those games. Um, because the first two lines sometimes cancel each other out, and it's going to be a Lundin, a Hosworth, or Bink that are really going to have to step up and score some of those goals. So that's going to be really interesting to see how it all turns out. Um, but before we get into previewing the entire Frozen Four and Ohio State Northeastern, let's get 
to the rest of this bracket as I was going on a little bit there about Ohio State. So in the quarterfinals on Ohio State side of the bracket, uh, it was number four Yale playing number five Northeastern. Northeastern, the Huskies, they took control of that game in New Haven, beating the Bulldogs 4-1 to to punch their ticket to Duluth and the Frozen Four. Um, so Ohio State and Northeastern will play each other 3.30 p.m. on ESPN Plus on Friday. That's 3.30 Eastern Standard Time. We will get to previewing that game in just a second. Let's move to the other side of the bracket. Um, just like I thought, uh, it was Colgate-Wisconsin in the quarterfinals. And Wisconsin, um, I did think that, you know, their strong physicality of a WCHA team was going to cause problems for the Colgate Raiders, and that's exactly what happened. Uh, Wisconsin beating Colgate 4-2, to uh, and Wisconsin just used uh, their depth of all their freshmen, their physicality, and everything like that um, to ultimately get past the Raiders and punch their ticket to the Frozen Four. Uh, they didn't make it there last year, and they will get a chance to run for the national championship in Duluth, Minnesota. Then in the Ritter Arena Regional in Minneapolis, it was number two Minnesota taking on Minnesota Duluth in a all-WCHA quarterfinal game. Whenever these two teams play each other, it's always tight. It's always a great affair. But ultimately, Minnesota got the better edge of the Bulldogs. And Soderberg was not able to shut the Golden Gophers down. And it was Minnesota number two. Uh, beat the Bulldogs three to nothing and moved on to the Frozen Four. So now, after 11 teams started the tournament, there are only four remain. They all are headed up to Duluth, Minnesota. When I'm recording this on Wednesday, they are all already in Duluth getting ready for media day on Thursday and then the big games on Friday. So they'll probably get a practice in on Thursday um, when you're listening to this, I assume. So now there are these two games in the semifinals. And like I said, Ohio State Northeastern, that is on Friday, 3.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, and that will be the first game of the Frozen Four. And then on Friday as well, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, Wisconsin and Minnesota, also on ESPN+. And then the National Championship game, 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Sunday. Uh, that will be on ESPNU. And I believe according to ESPN, uh, they say that it will be ESPN Plus as well. Um, so that's how it will all fare out. Also, um, 1.15 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Saturday uh, will be the 2023 Patty Kazmaier Memorial Award Show. It will be on NHL Network, live from Amsoil Arena in Duluth, Minnesota. Um, Ohio State graduate defenseman Sophie Jakes, one of the three finalists. Um, and this will be, um, of course, on NHL Network, like I said, 1.15 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And I think that that is going to be a great event uh, for, you know, just women's hockey in general. Uh, the fact that they are back doing this in person compared to how it's been in the last few years, I think is really cool. It is weird that it's in between the two games. So if a player is going to the national championship game, but they didn't get the award, you know, it is what it is. Um, but ultimately, uh, that's how it all will turn out. I 
do believe fans are allowed to be in attendance for that one. The three finalists, Sophie Jakes of Ohio State, Elena Mueller of Northeastern, uh, who the Buckeyes will take on in the first round of the Frozen Four, and then Amanda Pelkey, or excuse me, not Amanda Pelkey, she will be one of the people hosting uh, the award ceremony. It will be Danielle Serdanchi uh, from Colgate. Uh, they will be attendants and are the past uh, or the current top three finalists. Uh, so I think Sophie Jakes, um, top three finalist last year, uh, she had another great season doing it in back-to-back -back years. A uh, really important player to this Buckeyes team. Has a really good shot of winning this award. The sort of the other two, really good. Um, Sir Donchi has played an amazing season for Colgate. Now, Elena Mueller has been there all the time for Northeastern. Been a finalist all four years in the top ten. Uh, she is a really important player to the Husky team as well. And she is also a very deserving. They all are. So we will see how it all turns out. Um, but it will um, be a really cool um, award ceremony. And I can't wait uh, to see if the Buckeyes will get their first ever Patty Kazmaier winner. Because uh, that would be a huge thing for this Ohio State women's ice hockey team program. So now let's get into the games. Um, Let's start with Ohio State and Northeastern again, 3.30 p.m. on Friday on ESPN Plus Eastern Standard Time. Number one, Ohio State versus number five, Northeastern. And this is going to be a really good game. And something that I do want to talk about, obviously we'll talk about Wisconsin and Minnesota in a second, but that's an all-WCHA matchup. And if you look at Minnesota, um, they played the Bulldogs, they played Wisconsin, and if Ohio State makes it to the national championship game, for Minnesota, it would be an all-WCHA opponent uh, throughout the entire for, um, national championship tournament. But for Ohio State, they had to play Quinnipiac, and now Northeastern, two non-WCHA teams with different styles of hockey. They really are. The WCHA teams are very physical, and the physicality is different for teams like Quinnipiac, Yale, Northeastern. Colgate. Uh, we definitely saw that in the Wisconsin-Colgate game. So that's a different task for Ohio State to really understand the different type of play that Northeastern does. That's a challenge, but Ohio State, they've been practicing all week. So has Northeastern to get used to the WCHA type of style of hockey as well. So both teams will be really prepared for this game. Uh, and it's going to be interesting to see who can play their game. If Ohio State can establish a tight physicality early on, that's going to give them the edge. Whoever can play their type of conference hockey right away in the game will definitely have the advantage. If Northeastern can really settle their type of play, that will give them um, you know, the momentum and going through things. But if Ohio State, obviously, they have to stay disciplined. But if they stay very physical, pinning on the boards, giving the physicality without body checking, that will be very important for the success for their team and how it all plays out. And I definitely think that is something the Buckeyes want to do. If they play the relentlessness of their forecheck, which is really including that physicality uh, and playing tight on the puck, fast pace moving, quick changes and everything like that, using the changes uh, for speed and coming in off the rush, that will be something that will be really important for this Ohio State uh, women's ice hockey team. Now for Northeastern, like I said, Alana Mueller, who is a Patty Kazmaier top three finalist, 
She is amazing for this program. The Buckeyes are going to have to be very careful around how she does everything on the ice because she is always going to be a key player there. Look for a great matchup between, of course, two top three Patty Kazmaier finalists. How will Sophie Jakes defend Alana Mueller? And what other players on Northeastern will try and take advantage of Mueller being defended really nicely from some Buckeyes and vice versa? Um, We've seen in the past a lot of teams focus on Sophie Jake, Sophie Jake, Sophie Jakes that all of a sudden Madison Bizal, her partner on the other side of the ice is wide open and is able to rip some shots. That's what she did against Wisconsin, got two uh, near the end to get the Buckeyes to Julian by Cup, the regular season WCHA title. So that's what Ohio State and Northeastern are going to have to do. And that's why I was talking about earlier about um, Brooke Bank, Kenzie Hosworth, and Sophie Lundin, the third lines, because there's going to be tight um, matchups between Jakes and Mueller and all those players like that. And if Northeastern and Ohio State can find their depth players to really break away um, from those matchups or where other players are, are tied up, so if Mueller's line mates can really come up strong when she's being defended nicely or Bizzle uh, can get some shots off um, and score some goals, uh, when Jake's is being covered, that's really important as well. But nonetheless, I think, oh, you know, Sophie Jake's and Mueller, even though I'm sure they will both be defended nicely from both sides, uh, they're still going to be dangerous nonetheless. The power plays are really important. Um, Ohio State, number one power play in the country. Like I said, they didn't have success against, uh, of course, uh, Minnesota and Minnesota Duluth. Um, but once they played Quinnipiac, they were two for three. If Ohio State can use their power play to their advantage, be great on the penalty kill by not taking a lot of penalties, that will be Ohio State's game, of course. Amanda Tidley has to play a strong game, but Northeastern, they're very strong on the offense as well. So this is going to definitely be a tight game. It's always with NCAA Women's College Hockey, one versus five. They're much closer than it looks. It's going to be a really tight game. Um, but like I said, how Ohio State played against Quinnipiac, if Ohio State can establish their game, play really tight uh, physically, offensively, and play their relentlessness, outshoot the Huskies by a large margin, Ohio State's going to be very difficult to beat and could move on to the national championship game. Let's move on to the Wisconsin-Minnesota game in the semifinals, Frozen Four, uh, 7 p.m. Eastern on ESPN+. Now, I know Wisconsin technically doesn't have a number next to them. Uh, I believe they were definitely six. Minnesota's number two. This, in my opinion, is a coin flip. Um, and while it is a coin flip, obviously you got to give the edge to Minnesota and just how Minnesota played them in the final faceoff. But Wisconsin's a team that learns very quickly. They have the depth of all their freshmen. And if they can get Lila Edwards and a lot of their freshmen start chipping in in this game uh, and give a lot of shots on um, Skylar Vetter of the Minnesota Golden Gophers, their goaltender, then that's going to be a very difficult thing um, for Vetter. And Wisconsin could really build a lead. If Wisconsin has the advantage and they score early, they're going to be a tougher team to stop. Um, so I think the first goal is going to be really important in this game, uh, specifically in Ohio State Northeastern. Ohio State comes back very quickly. Northeastern can as well. 
Um, but I think for the momentum wise, and you're also going to have really good traveling teams of Wisconsin and Minnesota, uh, compared to Ohio State and Northeastern's game, uh, you're going to have fans from both teams there for the Badgers and the Golden Gophers. So whoever can get their momentum going first uh, is going to be really important. Um, Minnesota, of course, they have Heisey and Zumwinkle twin uh, sisters, and they have so many amazing players um, that this game is going to be extremely tight. Pronation net for the Badgers, veteran net for Minnesota Duluth, or Minnesota Golden Gophers, excuse me. Whoever has the stronger game, I think, uh, will probably let their team to victory. Um, the goaltenders are very close in similarities and skill level and everything like that. And whoever can have the stronger game uh, and cause the other team difficulties is definitely going to give their team a huge advantage. Um, so I'm really interested to see how this game plays out. It's going to be a fun one. Like I said, it's going to be a coin flip. I do sort of lean back to Minnesota Golden Gophers. Maybe, you know, instead of a perfect 50-50 coin flip, it may be 51-49, just with the slight edge there. But when these two teams play, it's WCHA hockey. It's going to be very fast, very physical. Uh, I think anything can happen in this type of game. So obviously, it's hard to preview the national championship game because we don't know who is going to play there. Um, but I just think right now for Ohio State, um, let's just say the numbers do play out, okay? Ohio State uh, is one and Minnesota's two. Let's say both teams play each other in the national championship game. That's another coin flip for me. Uh, and I think depending how the games turn out on Friday, whichever team is slightly less worn out, uh, which I think could be the Ohio State Buckeyes because um, the Huskies don't play as tight as a physical game as WCHA teams like Wisconsin do, then I think Ohio State could have the slight advantage there. But I think it's going to be a coin flip if Ohio State and Minnesota play each other. Obviously, Minnesota has the better record against the Buckeyes this year, but it's all moot when it comes to the national championship game. The Buckeyes have the players there. They know how to get it done, but so do the Golden Gophers. Um, the goaltending, whoever's the better goaltender there, just like Wisconsin, Minnesota will give their team a huge edge. Um, but I also think what everyone's saying, you know, Minnesota has the better record against Ohio State. But Ohio State remembers two weeks ago when they lost the final faceoff, the bitterness and the sting of what it's feeling. And I'm sure they can only imagine what the sting would be of losing the national championship against Minnesota. So if they use that for motivation and they come off really strong in a potential national championship game, I think that they could have a lot of momentum and play really well. And they definitely have a chance to beat the Golden Gophers, but it goes both ways. They both have good chances to beat each other. And that's why I have it appointed as a coin flip. If Ohio State plays Wisconsin, uh, I definitely think that Ohio State could have a slight edge there um, because of, you know, Wisconsin's just a younger team. A lot of freshmen, they don't have as much uh, national championship experience. Ohio State from last year definitely has that, and that could give them the edge. Um, if Northeastern makes it instead of Ohio State, I think WCHA teams and Minnesota and Wisconsin could definitely be stronger there. Um, but ultimately, it's going to be great games in the semifinals and the national championship game as well. Uh, and I'm excited to see how it all plays out. One final reminder for you guys, 3.30 p.m. Eastern on Friday is OSU Northeastern. 7 p.m. on Friday 
uh, Wisconsin, Minnesota. They're both on ESPN Plus. NHL Network is um, the Patty Kazmaier uh, Award Ceremony, 1.15 p.m. Eastern on NHL Network on Saturday. And then ESPNU, ESPN Plus for the National Championship game on Sunday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, so that's how it's going to all turn out. Uh, really excited to see how the Buckeyes and all the other teams do in this amazing tournament and see if the Ohio State Buckeyes can be back-to-back national champions. Changing on to the other Ohio State hockey team, let's talk about the Ohio State men's hockey team. Uh, they went last weekend uh, in the Big Ten hockey semifinals, taking on number four Michigan. It was the number nine Ohio State Buckeyes. But ultimately, it just wasn't Ohio State's game falling at Yost Ice Arena. Really hard place to play in. 7-3 to were the final score. The Wolverines scored three times in the first period. Uh, and the Buckeyes, after that, were just unable to recover, ultimately. Uh, head coach Steve Relic said it just wasn't our night. wasn't meant to be. We battled throughout the game, but we were unable to come back. It's time to regroup and get ready for the NCAA tournament. Uh, and Michigan scored 23 seconds into the game, uh, added a second uh, after uh, five minutes into the first period, third goal at 10-27 uh, in the first period. So it just wasn't giving a lot to the Buckeyes, down 3-0 early in the first period. In Yost, which is really hard to play in, it's just not how the Buckeyes want to go about things at that point in time. Ohio State um, was great on the penalty kill again, but still... Uh, wasn't where the Buckeyes want to be, ultimately. And that's just how this game turned out. Uh, empty net goals. Uh, two of them, 17-10 and 18-46, um, to make it from 5-3 uh, to three to a 6 and then 7-3 to three game. Uh, so ultimately, that's just how it turned out for this Buckeyes team. We'll take on... An undecided team at this moment in time, it looks like the Ohio State Buckeyes will in fact make the NCAA tournament for a possible at-large bid, uh, and that will be at 6.30 p.m. on Sunday on ESPNU for the selection show, so actually right after the Women's Hockey National Championship game. So we will see how that all turns out, and if um, the Ohio State Buckeyes do in fact uh, have a chance to make a national championship run on the men's side. Now let's quickly talk about the Columbus Blue Jackets and what's been going on with them over the past week. Not much uh, so far. Um, they lost the Pittsburgh Penguins on the road 5-4 to four last week after they were up 4-0. Um, to nothing. Uh, That ended up being an overtime winner for Sidney Crosby. Then... The Blue Jackets ended up hosting St. Louis on Saturday, losing 5-2 to there. Uh, it is important to note for the Blue Jackets that uh, starting that game, Elvis Merzlikens uh, went home uh, to Latvia for personal reasons. Uh, we also know that the Blue Jackets lost to San Jose, or the, excuse me, they won in San Jose 6-5 to in overtime. The top two uh, picks uh, to be possibly getting Connor Bedard. Uh, also known as the two worst teams in the NHL standings uh, for the Connor Bedard sweepstakes. So the Blue Jackets getting uh, two points, San Jose only getting one, but 
Um, the Blue Jackets are still um, the lowest team in the NHL. Uh, when you're listening to this podcast on Thursday, they will take on the LA Kings, 10.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Valley Sports Ohio. Then the next day on Friday night, 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Valley Sports Ohio as well. And before we speak next Monday, they'll take on the Vegas Golden Knights, 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Valley Sports Ohio as well. And that will be on Sunday. Um, so that's going to be it for the Blue Jackets, the Ohio State men's hockey team, and the Frozen Four preview of the Ohio State women's ice hockey team. Uh, so that is going to be it for this week's focus. And without further ado, let's get right into the rapid headlines and college corner. <laughs> get into the rapid headlines in college corner here on 614 check the hobie baker finalists the top 10 have been announced uh that is the petty kazmaier equivalent in men's hockey the best player in the entire ncaa men's hockey sphere here are the finalists logan cooley of university of minnesota adam fantilli of the university of michigan he is uh rumored to be the number two pick in the nhl draft this year sean farrell of harvard uh, Colin Graff of Quinnipiac, Lynn Hudson of BU, Matthew Nyes of University of Minnesota, Devin Levy of Northeastern, Yanev Peretz of Quinnipiac, um, or Quinnipiac, excuse me, and then, of course, Blake uh, Pielta of Michigan Tech and Jason Pollan of Western Michigan University. So those are the Hobie Baker finalists. No Buckeyes there, but a big congratulations to all of them. The NHL, we know that Andre Svechnikov uh, will be out for the remainder of the season uh, undergoing knee surgery um, on Thursday when you are listening to this podcast. And the Big Ten, Mason Lorai, Jake Wise were named all Big Ten second team. Stephen Halliday and Yako Dobesh, all Big Ten honorable mentions. Um, we also know that Nadine Muzzerall, the head coach of the women's hockey team, was named uh, a finalist for National Coach of the Year. Also in 614 area code, um, Olin Tantry Liberty High School. They are the first ever Central Ohio hockey team to win the high school state championship. They wanted a nationwide arena. A huge congratulations to them. In the Big Ten hockey tournament, Minnesota, Michigan will take place a Big Ten Network um, on March 18th. Uh, so make sure you watch that game as well to figure out how everything will turn out in the NCAA tournament, um, but that is, uh, of course, a big deal there for um, the Big Ten. As we're looking at other things, uh, like I said earlier, Daniil Tarasov called up um, for the Columbus Blue Jackets and Elvis Merzlikens uh, on personal leave. We also know that Chuck Fletcher has been fired as the Flyers general manager, Daniel Breer, uh, taking over on an interim basis. We also know that the Boston Bruins have clinched the first playoff spot in the NHL this year. Uh, we also know that Hockey Canada announced their roster for the 2023 IHF World Championships, which includes Emma Malte of the Ohio State Buckeyes. A big congratulations to her. Um, the, the PHWA, the Professional Hockey Writers Association, is set to establish a women's chapter and increase partnerships with professional women's hockey leagues in the near future. Very cool for them. A big congratulations on to everything in the PWJ. Also, we know that the Blue Jackets signed 2021 first-round pick Carson Kuhlman's 
Um, and we talked a little bit about that last week, but that is a big deal for the Blue Jackets, and Coolmans is now uh, with the Cleveland Monsters for the rest of the year. So that's going to be it for the Rapid Headlines and College Corner. Without further ado, let's get right into the outro. If you enjoyed episode 57 of 614 Check here on the Scarlet and Gray Sports Radio Podcast Network, uh, obviously things are very exciting when it comes to the NCAA Women's Ice Hockey Tournament uh, and the Frozen Four. Really excited to see how the four, Frozen Four and everything turns out. Also, how the men's hockey team will turn out in the NCAA selection show this Sunday and how the Blue Jackets will do for the rest of the week. And if any other teams will have a chance in the NHL to clinch, well, the battle for the 25% Connor Bedard odds or continue to fight between the Blue Jackets, the Sharks, and other teams as well. Make sure you follow us on social media, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, at 614check, 4check spelled F-O-R-E-C-H-E-C-K, for some Frozen 4 coverage this week. Um, but we will be back uh, usually probably around our Monday or Tuesday time, depending how the schedule and everything works out with both the men's and women's hockey team, so just follow us on social media. But without further ado, my name is Zach Rodier. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll catch you on episode 58 of 614 Check.